0: What is going on everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Boom Boom Performance Podcast. Today, I have a very special guest, one of my best friends who lives on the opposite end of the earth, Matt Prince from Australia. Matt Prince owns a very, very successful gym um, called Royal Fitness and he actually built it out of his mother's garage He was literally training people in the garage and backyard. He had monkey bars coming out of it. He had a bunch of crazy shit that you'll hear about. But we're going to talk a little bit about how he built that successful gym from a garage to what it is today, which is – Much bigger than a garage. He has that and a wellness studio with infrared saunas and float tanks and all these different things, which is also something we're going to get into. So we're going to talk a lot about the business. We're going to talk a lot about building strength because he is an expert at building some of the most badass powerlifters, strongmen, UFC fighters, just athletes in general. I mean, shit, like everybody in his gym has a six pack. And I'm, I'm literally not exaggerating. You're going to have to go check him out at Maddie Prince on Instagram, and you can see what I'm talking about. Um, so we're going to talk about strength. We're going to talk about the best recovery strategies. We're going to talk about meditation. We're going to talk about his travels, which... He's a young dude, but he's traveled more places in the world than a lot of the people I know or have even heard of, to be honest with you. Um, We're gonna talk about setting up your perfect day, building the business. We're gonna, like, literally, we're gonna touch on everything about Matt and how he does what he does. He is a very spiritual guy. He's a very well put together guy. He's a very successful guy. He's somebody I respect, somebody I appreciate, somebody I love having in my life that I can shoot the shit with. Um, And it was a great time just. Bullshitting with him and learning from him just like it is every time I get to see him Which is not often enough because he has to fly so damn far And I still have yet to go fly down and see him which I will do soon. I promise bro So without any further ado, let's get on to the show with matt prince Matt my australian mate i'm excited to have you on the podcast brother it's been way too fucking long since we talked i'm gonna give this guy a little intro because he's too humble matt has literally traveled the world he does like muay thai in thailand with some badass individuals he trains some of the strongest athletes strongest dudes i've ever seen in my life i I think your whole entire gym has a six-pack it's pretty crazy he's all the way in australia he skateboards he does so much epic shit i'm super pumped to have him here when i first met him in california it was like we we actually bonded pretty well. We we got together and we actually ended up kicking it almost the whole entire time we were there with all these other guys. So it was really really fun to connect with you and you know, I'm super pumped to have you on the show. Man, it's good to be here. I'm pumped as well. Well yeah. caffeinated, ready to go. Hey, perfect man. What's what time is it over there? It's uh, 8:30 a.m. 8:30 a.m. Okay, so it's 1:30 p.m. over here. So oh, every time on Friday, Friday. Oh, okay, I'm Thursday. See, that's fucking crazy. Because I remember getting on calls with you and uh, for the group, and it would be. I think 11 a.m. and you're like getting up at 5 a.m. walking into the call and I'm just like, dude, this guy yeah. is
1: dedicated. Yeah, 4 a.m. When the, when the time changed, it was a 4
0: a.m. call. Oh, shit. But that's dedication. So that's actually where I want to take this first. I find that every person I talk to for, that is an entrepreneur typically has – Something in their childhood that caused them to be an entrepreneur. Now you own a very successful gym. Um, I believe you do real estate as well. So you definitely are an entrepreneur, you're making good money, you you love that that hustle side of it. It usually stems from something. And, and it's funny because a lot of guys sold weed or sold drugs in the past and they become these entrepreneurs in a different realm. For me, skateboarding had a big influence on that because it's such an individual and independent sport, right? Like you don't have a team to help carry you to the finish line. It's you and just you. So I'm yeah. curious if that had any effect and what else in your life growing up had an effect to create this entrepreneurial
1: spirit of yours? Yeah, so my life's been a whirlwind, man. Like I skateboarded, I played all the sports when I was younger, like Australian football, basketball, athletics, all that sort of stuff. But skateboarding was a huge passion of mine for a while. So when I was like, I don't know, 12, 13, that's when I was skateboarding the hardest, drinking a fair bit with all the skaters as as skateboarders do. So drinking the cheap wines and going pretty hard. <laughs> Uh, what happened actually when I was in like year eight or year nine I uh, split up with a girlfriend basically she dumped me and then I started like hitting the gym I was probably 15 at the time I reckon I started doing a lot of bicep curls drink proteins and it led me back into the sport it led me back into you know a life that wasn't like heading down that drug path and, and screwing me up but so that, that was a big part and I kept skating. And like you said, it's an individual sport. So it's you against you and the board doesn't flip without you flipping it. So it teaches you some good lessons and it's, you know, a lot of patience in that as well. Um From there, yeah, like the main probably thing that shaped me, like I was always a hard worker, right? Like my parents sort of got me to get a job at 15, not because they needed me to make money. Like I, I had a good childhood growing up and they looked after me, but, I was taught from like 15 years old to work and I had two jobs. I'd save all the money in one, wanting to buy a house at 18, 17 years old. And uh, I was getting there. And then hustling away, did my course, all that sort of stuff and burnt out. And that was a crazy thing in my life, like I fully burnt out of the PT world. And I'm sure it's happened to you. I'm sure it's happened to every trainer listening to this where you don't want to coach anymore like you you want to quit so i ran overseas partied up in europe and thailand for i was away for four months at the time and just sort of destroyed myself come back an absolute mess anyway got back into the training i was sort of going through the motions about a year later my brother passed away he was playing football he copped a knock in the heart and uh and died and he was 17 years old and i watched it you know right in front of me and and football over there is soccer as well like europe it's uh it's like a, a kind of mix it's too hard to explain to an american but it's not (laughs) not like soccer it's really it's really hard sort of game like it's a physical right tough game um you fucking americans (laughs) yeah yeah you guys like you wear pads we don't wear pads (laughs) pads. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Uh, so how old are you at this point so
0: you come back from thailand when this happens with your brother and you are it was
1: 2011 so i was uh 21 okay and your brother older or younger Seventeen, he was younger. Okay. And he in what was your guys' relationship like? Oh, we're tight. We're like the the two people that just annoyed the whole house. Like we'd <laughs> sit there and just, you know, play play cod together, play Xbox and yeah. you know, annoy mom, annoy my sister, like just be we're just just mates, you know, like close ass. He was my best mate. Um it was hard. It was really hard. And I was in a dark spot for fuck a a long time. It still gets me now, but like a whole year, I reckon I was in a in a complete whirlwind of partying, like depression, that sort of stuff, right? Got to a day, I can't remember the exact day, but it was around like August, or near like he's the anniversary. And he's I was like, fuck this, he wouldn't want this for me. Like he wouldn't want me to feel this way and like, you know, beat beat up on myself, you know? Yeah. And uh and I decided I'd crack and Quit my jobs, knuckled down in business, and started trying. And that's how I suppose Royal Fitness turned from like a little garage gym to a massive garage gym in my mum's garage. <laughs> and then it just kept growing from there. Like, and that that's sort of what what inspires me still to this day is to to basically keep in the back of my mind that you know you could literally walk outside today and have a heart attack and die at whatever age. It doesn't matter. So like life's short. I'll travel a lot. I'll do what I want to do. And and that's that's sort of what motivates me now dude i love it so after this point in time you're you're in a funk
0: like i want to kind of go back to that shift because i think a lot of people have this story where like this something a lot of people were very motivated had something in their life that is either a chip on their shoulder of like just growing up in a shitty uh, childhood or some traumatic situation or tragedy like you had um and then at some point they make a shift for the better was there anything that you were doing to make that shift? Because a lot of people were like, oh, I had a shift and then I go on, but they never talk about like what actually created that change or that that mindset shift to get them back on their feet and, and working towards positive things.
1: Yeah, like I don't know, like I've always been really driven, right? And what I, I noticed that the path that I was going down wasn't gonna change unless I made a made made a shift, right? So I invested it, it was actually in Luca and Steve's uh business book that they had it was like 200 us dollars it was the most money I'd spent on on any books ever (laughs) and um you know at the time and and I bought that book and I don't know why I bought it I think it was on Jay Ferrugia's site and and he said to buy it I used to read all his shit religiously and that shift in itself turned me into like a bit more professional mindset and then I was like fuck maybe I can do this And, and then then it turned into like if my brother can't do it Maybe I should do it for both of us and start because we always wanted to buy houses together and stuff like that. So I was like, fuck, I'm going to do all of it for him. I'm going to try and travel. And and that was my main drive. It was more he can't live, so I'm going to try and live for him. And and I went back to playing football, which I quit, you know, and I went back to play, I suppose, for him in a way, you know, and it it was really motivated by him, a lot of it. Man, so I think
0: think it's funny too because I have a a similar trigger because Luca was a big trigger for me to start pushing. Um, And when people ask me, like, what was that moment when you finally realized, like, shit, maybe I can do this? It was that same thing. I saw Luca talking to us and I looked at him like, what the fuck? Like, he's not some dude in khakis and a collared shirt that has a six-year degree. You know what I mean? Like, I was like, maybe I can do this. And it's funny because – and the reason I want to harp on that is because everybody listening – I get this all the time like man i look up to you i you're an inspiration i wish i could do this stuff and it's like you fucking can like anybody can do this stuff if me and matt are doing this stuff like anybody can do this stuff uh, but i want to talk about what you are doing so give me the story about your gym you started in your mom's garage so how did that start and how did it develop into because it's a huge how many members do you have right now we're at nearly 300 and It'll it's and it's yeah. growing. And, it, and it's one of those gyms, guys. It's not like a – it's not an LA fitness for those you listen in America. Um, I don't know what big box gyms they have in Australia, but it's not a commercial gym. It no. is a functional center. There's turf. There's sleds. There's prowlers. It's like, it's like a big-ass west side. Like go, go follow Royal Fitness. Do you guys have an Instagram, Royal Fitness?
1: Uh, yeah, we do. We don't really update it. You're best to follow my Instagram, Matty okay. Prince.
0: Matty Prince dude like go follow him he has some guys that he trains too. that if you see their gym it's like it's like a grunge garage style gym which is dope but it's it's big and there's a lot of beast in that gym some of the shit you guys post is just fucking insane
1: but how did that start man you started in your mom's garage yeah so originally I was working as everyone does you start in a normal commercial gym and I was coaching people out of there and I've always been really good at it because I care about people and I love seeing them succeed so it wasn't like it's not one of those things that it wasn't a thing I had to learn, how to talk to people and communicate. But starting in that, they, they actually lost their contract, their, their council tender, so there was like a switchover in companies. And what I did, when there was a switchover, I seen the opportunity, I decked out mum's garage with like boxing gloves and three kettlebells. I think I had like $50 worth of equipment. And I took all my personal training clients. I said, all right, we're going to train out of mum's garage now because they're, they're no longer members, so I didn't rip anybody off. I'm not, I'm not one of those guys who approach people or anything right. like that. So I saw the opportunity, I took it, and then it just started growing. And then what I did, when I uh, when I had that epiphany through my brother, I was like, fuck it, let's take mum's garage. We reinforced the roof. We put, like, monkey bar handles across it They had the whole roof reinforced so it was strong enough to hold, like, six people at a time. And we put squat racks in there. This is a two-car garage, right? Like, it's not that big. We had, like, six to eight people just smashing it. We built this massive contraption out of the backyard that was, like, a massive rig and it was like six metres tall. I don't know how many how that is in yards. I'd say like eight yards tall or something. Massive, like these things and it had ropes on it and fucking pull-up bars and like stall handles and shit. It was really, really cool. And this is all in mum's garage and, and in the backyard. She's hating it. Like there's cars coming <laughs> every hour. Like yeah. I pulled that garage gym out to 100 members. There was 96 members before I expanded.
0: Holy shit. 96
1: people coming every week multiple times and yeah. like the neighbours thought I was a drug dealer. One of the neighbours, it was actually Charlton who's working with me now. Okay. He said to me, oh, he's a bit younger, and he said, oh, I think Matt's dealing drugs like when it first started because that many cars coming and going. Oh, yeah, yeah. And just coming into the garage, not going inside, just into the garage <laughs> and then leave. Anyway, um, so p- pretty much that grew and we, we grew and there was another gym that I had. And then a 24-7 gym, like a commercial gym, opened up next door. That pissed me off, so I opened up another gym, so I had two. And then what we've done recently, like you said, I'm into a bit of real estate and I was able to purchase the place that we're in now, and that's that's a really big space. And what we've got in there now, we've got a wellness studio with an osteopath, we've got float tanks, we've got infrared saunas, um, the whole gym, you know, which is, which is massive as well. It backs onto a big oval, and that's where we run our, our stuff from, so... There's guys, girls, old people, young people. It's it's just an amazing place. I've got a great team. Like, I couldn't have done any of this without my team. Like, the staff are amazing. The coaching is, you know, world class. And and I suppose, like, I'm never going to uh, talk it up or anything like that. But if somebody was to come to my gym, like you said, there's a pretty much the whole gym, like girls, guys, they're, they're just animals. They train like animals. They're different-minded to a normal gym. They're positive. They get around each other, high fives, you know, swearing. Like one guy I turned around the other day. He was benching. He was really struggling. and He, could, he was trying to lock it out. He nearly had it. And the guy above him goes, fucking lift it, you pussy. And he ended up grinding through it. And I was like, cool. Like, I'm happy with that. They're bunches yeah. into each other. You and know what? The outside, it's less less manly uh, than that, obviously. But um, yeah, they're, they're all animals. There's chicks lifting 160 kilos, which is like nearly I don't know, 385 pounds or something. There's chicks doing that Yeah, now. that's like, crazy. Yeah, like yeah. for anybody like listening to this, his gym is full of like
0: the stereotypical Australians, like, <laughs> and I say that as a compliment because like Australians are badass, right? Like, but when I look at your guys' Instagram, I'm like, dude, this is like that that uh, you sent me like a hype video. Remember when you came out with that hype video yeah, of your yeah, yeah. gym? It's like the most epic. It looks like a movie. Like it was really good quality, but I mean the dudes in it all are like Spartan shredded. I'm like, this is this is fucking ridiculous. But it's true, man. You guys now couple things I want to like, just have to reflect on is how you built this dude. Like you built this out of your mom's garage uh, in a very dark period of time. Um, pretty much with everything battling against you. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I think that people need to hear that because like, yes, it takes hard work and grinding and everything, but you had to beat resistance, right? Like, and I see a lot of people who just get that resistance, that thought, that negative mindset, and then they don't attack their goals. Like, was there ever like, I mean, or multiple points where you were just like, fuck this, I can't do it. And you just
1: like, you kept bouncing forward or you're just all in? Every week, every week I'm like, fuck, I should just go get a job. You know, it'd be so much easier. I had, I had, I've had it multiple times, but- Still today? Think, do you still do you still wake up with that? Nah, not not, not so much today. Today's a little bit different. Um, okay.
0: But but the reason I ask that is because I think a lot of people assume entrepreneurs and, and I, I've gotten this a couple of times where I'm like, I'm really positive guy and I'm always talking about good stuff. But people are like, oh, you never have issues. You never have struggle. I'm like, no, there's plenty of mornings where I wake up
1: like, fuck all this. Like, oh, ang- yeah, you know what I, I mean? I still say fuck all this, but I, I could never work in a job. That's, that's my point. But like – Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> The resistance side of things, like you, you've been reading The War of Art lately, right? It, yep. It's just like my so. third time reading it, man. It's a great book. Dude, I've got four copies on my shelf. Like I, <laughs> I, give it a, <laughs> I love it. It's my favorite gifted book. But um. You know, like the resistance side of things, I used to literally wake up every morning and there's that old Arnold Schwarzenegger, um, six steps to motor, like six success tips. Remember that? Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, tip one, and you go through all the, you know, don't be afraid to fail and all that sort of stuff. Do you remember that YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. Every day, every single morning I'd get up and I'd watch that. And that was like, I'd watch it, I'd be fired up and then I'd go to to work. And I think for me, it was more the consistency of what I was doing more, more so than, actually i suppose finding it easy it was fucking hard and it really was and like i've put all of my money into royal fitness and i keep doing it. like i keep reinvesting and like literally people go oh you you live a great life but i've fucking put my balls on the line thousands of times to get there you know but with um i suppose my biggest tip if, if there's any trainers listening would be to connect good people to good people and you'll be successful right like that's what my whole gym's based off we've got the small group atmosphere and what I do is I'll group people up with people who are similar and positive and I'll introduce them and connect them and that's all I try and do and then from there like like, yeah I coach them to be badass but that's not the goal. I don't care if they're fit or strong like as long as they're moving forward mentally I'm happy it's that's sort of what I'd recommend for people is just commit to connecting good people to good people and making them get what they want and you'll be fine that's that's probably my biggest advice.
0: Uh, dude, I couldn't agree more. And and that's honestly the one of the, and we've said this before, that's one of the biggest things about um, when we were both in Steve's coaching group, yep. um, which is like, for those of you listening, some Wake Up Warrior style, personal development style, coaching, um, entrepreneur stuff. And he put together a group of guys that were all in the fitness community that were all relatively close in age who all had a lot in common. So it was like, I mean, shit, it was me in Seattle. We had a few guys from California, New York, Texas, I think. Uh, Michael was from like, Oklahoma, Oklahoma, that's what it is. I almost said Milwaukee, Oklahoma, obviously, you're from Australia. So we had people from all over connecting. And it was like, we're best friends. So every time we'd all meet up, it was like, dude, it was so crazy. And that was the most powerful thing ever is just being connected to people who want to see you move forward. Um, So what I'd ask you is like, what have you applied into your gym to make sure that your members are are having that effect or, or mentally strong?
1: So, like, obviously with the wake-up warrior training that we've been through, through, through Krebs and um, body being balanced business, the core four. So I'll teach people, like, I'll sort of talk about it and make them aware. Like, I'm massive into personal development, so I'll sort of preach it on my people a little bit and I'll, I'll sort of just say, hey, look, you know, you can change outside of the gym, but the gym's that. You know, you've, you're the one who says it the most is the fastest way to power the fastest path to power so like that is a true thing and I honestly believe that as well so I'll teach them to get fit and confident and then I'll start poking him with like hey what are you doing with your career hey what are you doing like connect with this guy this guy's a real estate guy talk to him or talk to this business owner and I'll sort of introduce people like that and then it's sort of I don't need to I suppose be their coach so much they're sort of helping each other grow which is an amazing thing and that's just on like the the back end of the fitness side. Like the fitness side obviously is our main thing, but that's that's what I'll help them connect with as well. Does that make sense?
0: Yeah, absolutely, man. And I think the, the big takeaway there is that everything's connected, right? And, and that's why I say the body is the fastest path to power because, and this is kind of how I teach people too. And obviously my job is to make sure people's body is on point, but I tell them like, if we can get control of your body, your mindset is going to change. If your mindset changed, you're going to show up as a different human being in your relationships. And if all that changes, your business is going to take off. Like, I yeah. mean, shit, like you saw my business grow in 2017. And I would say for three quarters of the year, I didn't touch any new marketing strategies or anything. All yeah. we did is connect me to you guys. And all we did is work on my mindset and my relationships. We just focused on like everything I could to make sure I was a stronger person. Yep, yeah. that's all it's about. It is man. So, so what are you doing currently? Um, I know like I haven't talked to you on this level for a while. So I'm interested to know, I mean, what are you still doing? What does your morning
1: routine look like? What parts stick with you to, to make sure that you're mentally on top of your game? So at the moment, my my morning routine, I'm waking up, I'll always coffee, like I'm a massive coffee head. Me too. So I'll get up, have my coffee, I'll make my coffee and then I'll do some journaling and I'll run like Positive Focus, I'll, I'll do that sort of stuff. So I'll always journal in my book for a while, I'll sit there and think for a little bit and this is the first hour of the day every day. I'll journal, I'll generally read something, at the moment I'm reading fiction, um, I've got a lot going on in my life with like house renovations, the gym, like everything, like Real estate, we just sold one of our properties and we've got fucking, you know, the wellness studio doing stuff. We've got expansion in the gym. It's just crazy. So instead of reading more uh, stuff that would give me more stuff to do, I'm just reading fiction. I'm reading uh, Orphan X. I just finished Orphan X, which has got like, it's like a Jason Bourne type thing. So I'm reading that in the morning just to clear my head right and then i'll get up and i'll train i'll lift either weights with Chaz and steph who are the um you know charlton's the strongman competitor that I've, i'm working with and steph she's competing in powerlifting so i'm training my strength with them and they're animals and then i'm training martial arts every other day as well some i jitsu or kickboxing like muay thai um and, and i'll find those things done in the morning is helping me really really like clear my mind for the whole day and it's making me stay calm under pressure so that's generally what I'm doing. And then later in the day, I'll meditate. I always meditate around lunchtime for about 20 minutes. It's either a, just a straight up meditation or a float. Like I'll float my float tank a couple of times a week. Um, but yeah, that's that's generally my routine on how to keep my head right. It's get everything out, see it for what it is, question it a little bit, and then you know clear my head once all my my training is done. I love group. it, dude.
0: I'm going to pick this apart with you because I think a good takeaway for people listening is you do a lot that, forces you to slow down. So you can speed up, right? Like taking time to sit down and think to journal to do float tank. That's a long like you sit in a float for a while, right? Like meditation, all these things that are like, man, this is all this time he's not working. How does he do so much? And it's like a lot of people need to understand that if you take that time, you can take 10 steps forward by being way more productive. Um, So my first thought about your morning routine would be when you say I sit down and think for a while, like what is your like, why are you doing that? What's your mindset behind
1: that and reasoning? So basically, like, I'm fully aware that I'm more strategic now, I suppose. Back in the day, I'd get up and go, I'd be doing shit all the time. Now it's like a little shift, like a tiny little shift in my life will open up a whole new world for me. So, like, I'll literally think about what's that one thing that I can improve in the gym, change it, tweak it, and make it, like, pay back 10 times and improve the, you know, the, the quality of the members and improve the experience for everyone and, and improve results. And that's what I'm thinking about. So I'll just sit there and be like, what's that one thing that if I change, I can tweak and that will make a big, I suppose, tidal wave effect. A lot of the time I don't get an answer. And that's the crazy part that this is where people give up. they will do like the, the journaling and not get like a big aha moment. But if you do it every day, like, you know, three weeks time, I might sit there and I might be thinking, or I might be meditating and I'll go, Oh, and that one click, that one idea, that can change your world. So I suppose for me, knowing to slow down is is super critical because when I come out of those, like, meditations and stuff, that's where I'm creative. If I don't do them, I'm useless. And the thing is, this is another point to that, like any fitness people out there, any business owners, marketing isn't, like, that time-consuming really. Like, if you're putting up an Instagram post for your marketing, it takes, like, four seconds So you can still do that and still like sit there and think for an hour, right? Yeah.
0: And I think most people actually spend more time waiting to click post than they do just fucking writing it. People ask me like, like, because I remember being like, I'd write up something and I'd be like, fuck, people aren't going to like this. This is going to be stupid. Like I turned off all notifications on my Instagram, on my Facebook, anything. So the only way I can see if anybody likes or comments is if I physically go into the app. And the reason I did that is because... I want to post and then just get off because I don't want to know if two people liked it or 200 people liked it. I don't care. I just need to put it out there. Um, And that would be like a huge tip for people. So I I totally agree.
1: Um, I did the same thing. I've never had Instagram notifications or Facebook. Even my phone is constantly on silent with no vibrate. Like it doesn't go off. Yeah. It, it's
0: just too distracting. I have like five people on my phone that will actually cause it to ring. Um, like obviously Shannon, my fiance, my mom, my dad, people like that. Otherwise I don't get it unless I'm physically checking my phone. Um, but what I wanted to harp on too is is alone time. I think this is, it's funny because I remember my first float tank, I got like anxiety and this is like a few years ago. I got anxiety and the same thing with meditation. And I realized that my whole life I was really wound up. Like I was I was an angry individual growing up. Like I was easy to pop off and like fight or yell. Um, I, was, I was easily distracted. Like I was always go, go, go. I had to be with friends or doing something or I was like losing my mind. And I realized that I couldn't find peace by being by myself. Like I couldn't sit in my own thoughts and that's why a float tank gave me anxiety. And that's why I actually started doing it more because I was like, I need to like be comfortable with myself. Like, do you, did you have that experience at all or did you have to overcome like being alone?
1: No, yeah, yeah. So when I when I first started meditating, it was tough. Um, like I love my wife, Chantel, but sometimes it's good just to sit by yourself in a tank, like literally lock yourself away from the world. There's no communication, no, you know, no uh, people distracting, no phones, no Instagrams, any of that. So that's why the float tank's so good for me. I literally walk out at, at, in a float tank. It can literally re- rewire your brain. If you spend long enough in there, your brain rewires. So if you've got any anxieties, depressions, anything, you can literally actually change the lines in your brain so it doesn't happen anymore. It's fucking amazing. That's just a side note for something else to look into a little bit. But yeah, alone time is hard, especially when you first start it. But, man, like if anybody ever wants to be successful, you have to be comfortable being alone because it's, it's a fucking lonely game. You know, like a lot of the time you have to be up early and, and doing work by yourself. You're like You're not always around people yeah you have to be comfortable training by yourself if you're somebody who's trying to be like when i say successful i mean in any area like you want to be successful in your body you have to be comfortable going for a walk by yourself doing your fast walks doing your you know going for your run going for your weight session by yourself like that's what it comes down to it's a very like
0: entrepreneurship especially but success in general is a very individual thing right it's very independent and there's going to be a lot of times where you don't have somebody holding your hand so i 100 agree and i got to get back to float tanks man because i've been good about like meditating and i mean i'm religious with my morning routine reading i go on a walk i write i do everything by myself like it's perfect i love it but i haven't done a float in fucking god knows how long because and i think we were still in the group when i did but i went in there and i broke out in fucking eczema which i have eczema so i started tripping and then my eyes started burning and and ever since then i have like Mm. dude i have like a huge package of floats like still available to me because i purchased a bunch of them and i just haven't used them so You're convincing me but I want to go into the science by that because you actually have talked on your Instagram story a couple times about like how important a float is so dude I'd love to hear like your thoughts on like recovery and mindset and all these different things like from the science perspective like why is a float so good?
1: Why'd you invest in them? Yeah, cool. So, like, obviously, I was a meditator, right? I started with meditation, and that's where everyone should start. Get a simple app and start doing it Um, because, you know, the benefits are huge. You can calm yourself down. You can, you know, be present, all that stuff. Mindfulness is huge. But when you get in a float tank, it sort of takes that to a whole new level. Like, for anyone who doesn't know, it's based off sensory deprivation. So you're literally floating in, like, a small amount of water, massive, massive amounts of salts to hold you and keep you floating. So that, for your body, it takes weight off your body. So you get, like weightless essentially so all the spinal cord can like extend out all your muscles can just fully relax which is huge because we're so bound up all the time that's one huge benefit with the the other one in the body you've got all the salts going into your body so like the magnesiums and stuff in there is good for recovery anyway but also too when your brain isn't switching off your body isn't switching off so like some people you know when you're anxious you start like gripping your teeth or Mm -hmm. you you might be a little bit tense in your shoulders this allows the mind to switch off for your body to recover so in your body it's massive in your mind it's even bigger like i literally i can have like a shit storm of a day shit storm of a week i get in the float tank i come out and i'm like a new person it's like i've literally pressed the reset button i come out my mind's fresh i'm clear i feel like i've slept for four hours even though it's only been an hour in there and you just feel like a new person and doing it you know regularly is massive i know it's not practical for a lot of people to do it say twice a week like i can but you know, once a fortnight, you know, whenever you get really stressed out before I owned one, I was doing it once a month because I knew that was when I was gonna burn out and start like drifting for say a week. So yeah. I just time it. So I knew like, all right, every four weeks I start to drift a little bit. I'm gonna time it. I'm gonna go float, reset, come out fresh. And you come out like the first few days, you're on fire. It's crazy. You're just creative, you you see things differently.
0: I think that's huge too, because it's it's like prehab, not rehab, right? Like I think a lot of people will get so stressed out that they're like fuck, I gotta start meditating again, or I gotta get in the flow And It's like do it before you get to that point because then you yeah. will never get to that point, right? Um, so first question: What's a yeah. fortnight?
1: Fortnight is like every two weeks. Okay, Why are you okay. Say that.
0: No, we don't say that over here. Oh shit!
1: Yeah. yeah what... Like so every every second week. <laughs> I was like, "What is a uh what what's a blanket? A blanket's like a duna, like you sleep a in. A duna.
0: Like that. that was it. I was trying to tell my fiance that story the other day. I was like, he kept asking for a duna, and I was like, "I'm, dude, I don't know how to help you. But, uh, <laughs> but I couldn't think of the word it was. That's too funny. So. Hey, guys. Sorry for the brief interruption, but I do want to take a moment to mention my sponsor, Health IQ. You can go apply for a free quote today to see what exclusive rate you could get for being a healthy individual at healthiq.com slash boom. Or you can talk to an agent directly if you want more information, and you can use the promo code boomboom to get that exclusive rate. Health IQ is the fastest-growing life insurance agency in the entire country, and the reason for that is simple. They are extremely smart, and they're doing something extremely beneficial for anybody who is physically active and health-conscious, and I know that 99% of the people listening to this, probably even 100%, fall into both of those categories. 56% of the customers who do use Health IQ save between 4% and 33%. On life insurance, which basically means we're almost guaranteed to have more money in our pocket because we are investing our hard earned time and money being physically fit or just generally healthy. And that's exactly what they recognize. And that's why they reward us with that. They also recognize that people who work out have a 56% lower risk of heart disease, 20% lower risk of cancer, and a 58% lower risk of diabetes compared to anybody who is not physically active. So again, we are training hard, we're investing our hard-earned money, we're investing our time, and we are trying actively to be physically fit, and we deserve to be rewarded for that. Well, unlike other life insurance agencies, Health IQ makes sure that you are being rewarded for that by finding you the best policy rate. In fact, Health IQ goes the extra mile and they actually look up studies. They go deep into the science and they take real data that proves that we are going to live longer and we are going to live a better life because we are physically fit. And they use this science and data to prove that and get us an exclusive rate. So, again, I'm super pumped to have Health IQ on the show sponsoring us because they are doing something life-changing. They're saving us a ton of money and they're just being generally a good business good people filled in that business too and like just talking to them on the phone it was nice to hear how they go about business so I'm super pumped to be partnering with them and getting you guys an exclusive rate for being a listener and going out of your way to be healthier you can go to healthiq.com slash boom boom and get a free quote today which I highly suggest and if you want a chance to save and get an exclusive rate talk to an agent on the phone and mention the promo code boom boom All right, guys let's get back to the show So um, how often, I mean, what would be practical from, like, uh, let's say somebody who has to, like, they can't afford, like, you obviously own a float tank. So you can go, like, how many days a week do you go? Twice a week? Twice a week, usually. Like, yeah.
1: Okay. And what's, like, the bare minimum to still get the, the advantages to it? Man, seriously, you can go in there for like every year, once a year, and you'll get an advantage after you do it, but it does wear off. So like I noticed for me, since I do it twice a week, every sort of four or five days, that's when I'm sort of craving it a little bit. Um, But yeah, I mean, you can go once a month and you get huge benefits. Depends on how scattered your brain is.
0: Right. And and I read something, um, and I don't know if this was like legit or just like speculation, but they, they said something along the lines of like every like hour in a float tank is like two to three hours of like restful sleep. Like is there any merit
1: to that? Yeah. I reckon it's about four hours. That, that's the the sort of thing. Generally between three and four hours worth of sleep.
0: So when you have like clients who are like busy entrepreneurs or just busy individuals in general and they're not getting enough sleep, is this something you're like, hey, mandatory float once a week?
1: <laughs> Me. <laughs> I'm, the, <laughs> I'm the reason we own a float tank. Um, 100%. That, that's why I do it. Like I literally – got the float tank in our gym for me and uh first and foremost um for that reason you know i don't switch off enough i don't sleep probably enough like i try to but i always i get up at five o'clock every day and you know you get tired so i force myself in there for an hour and that's how i switch off but yeah definitely like i try and encourage everyone to do it but you can't force people to
0: yeah and there's there's so many people i talk to who i coach and i'm like hey like I don't want to adjust your nutrition or training because the reason you're not losing fat or building muscle or getting new PRs or you're stressed out is just external stress. Like you're not sleeping enough. You need to get eight hours a night. And they're like, that's impossible. I have kids. I'm like, okay, well, this is a great solution that I can recommend to you. Right.
1: Um, so stress, man, like just on the stress thing, like with stress you can't progress with cortisol in your body like Mm -hmm. and physical, your body doesn't know physical or mental so a float tank's a great way to relieve mental stress to help your physical stress recover it actually attacks both like you you know yourself when you're mentally stressed you're not going to lift your pr ever
0: no no when there's a lot of people who are just they have chronically elevated cortisol levels yeah due to life right yep 100 percent. and even like so like during training Cortisol levels rise, but that's a good thing because it's like fight or flight, right? That's why, like, we can perform. But the issue is a lot of people, their sleep cycles are so fucked that – after training those cortisol levels just stay up and they never like re-regulate or come back down and recover fully. So I see a lot of people that the whole cortisol response is, is actually destroying their results because of that. So, yeah. um, and I've even, I even recommend like post-workout shakes to some people with carbs in it. And they're like, why? Like, is this the replenishing glycogen or like the anabolic window? I'm like, no, it's just to like calm your nervous system down afterwards. Cause you're so ramped up. Like you need to bring it back down to recover. So it has nothing to do with glycogen it Has everything to do with cortisol
1: yeah right which is awesome. a
0: huge thing so um with the flow tank you were talking about um it, you didn't say this but it sounded like you're talking about sympathetic versus parasympathetic it's kind of an hour of time to just down regulate your nervous system
1: right yeah yeah man you just chill like the first 15-20 minutes is chaos your brain's thinking of everything but once you switch off man you do not think of a thing and the first probably three times, like the first time you always get anxiety and most people do, they're like, this is fucking weird, I just hit the wall, I'm like yeah. a river and it's crazy. But then two, three times and we always sell them in packs of three for the reason of after the third, that's where people start to see the actual benefits to it. But yeah, you walk out, you're like, you haven't looked at your phone for an hour, you haven't, you know, been worried about anything else in the world and you can just start your day like literally like a reset button. I look at it as like a video game when you're losing, you press reset yeah, you know, and your mate can't beat you in Mario Kart, so then you you know you start your day, again. <laughs> reset it. Great analogy. Floating. Yeah.
0: What uh? What about? So like, I'm curious about your athletes. Have they? I mean, I'm assuming most of them implement this. And one reason I brought up the sympathetic versus parasympathetic you have a lot of like, you have some fighters, you have powerlifters, you have strongman competitors, you have guys that are ramping up their nervous system on a very regular basis. And, and as most people know, that'll just destroy your adrenals if you don't recover properly. So a lot of people might watch your guys' training and they're like, how do these dudes do this so like consistently? Well, if you look at your recovery, like you're going the extra mile to recover as well.
1: Um, so what results have you seen with your athletes implementing the flow tank? Oh, huge, man. D- depending on the athlete, like depending on the sport, but you can use the floating for visualisation. That's another thing with, with the float tanks that people don't get. It's like I've literally have people, one of the guys was competing in a powerlifting meet and the night before he's in there visualising what he's going to lift, how he's going to walk at the bar on the platform, how he's going to like grab the bar in his hands. While he's doing that, he's also getting all the benefits of the actual tank, but he's also visualising that, right? Now, that's that's a good way to use it for performance, Um In terms of recovery, we have the infrared saunas as well. So they work just as good for recovery of the joints and stuff like that. Um, Not so much for the nervous system, but it all sort of ties in. So like you have to wave it. You can't constantly do the same thing. Like even with the the float tanks, like if you did it every week for your recovery, for your body, eventually your body's going to get used to that, right? So you need to sort of make sure that you're using other things. Our people recover basically because we train smart. You know, people could come and train in the gym and not use the tank and still progress it speeds it up when they do use the tank because they do recover but that's just how it sort of works that makes sense like yes absolutely train training's our first thing the float tanks like a you know it just amplifies it if people choose to
0: Yeah. And and I always tell people like there's three pieces to results and that's training, nutrition and recovery period. I usually say sleep, but in general it's recovery and nutrition and sleep and all these things actually fall into recovery because there's, there's stress and there's adaptation. And if you're not adapting to what you stress yourself in the gym doing, you're just going to be running in circles at some point. So it's, it's really important um, to recover fully. So the next thing I'd like to know is how do you how are you training these guys? I know everything changes depending on what they're doing. Obviously, every individual is different, but like, do you follow a specific structure? Like, is there like a like everybody's doing an
1: upper or lower? Most people do full body. How do you go about training? We do pretty much an upper upper lower. Um, so. Pretty much like we do the main lifts i'm a big bench squat dead guy love it um it's not that the stone, like we use a conjugate type style where we're using different bars and different things but there's always some sort of like lower body push and lower body pull whether it's like a romanian deadlift and a you know say a safety squat bar squat you know bench day it might be a barbell bench or it could be like a bamboo bar bench or dumbbells we always mix it up so i'm generally doing power like a, a solid warm-up where they're doing all the stretching all the movement stuff getting the scapulars moving so it's an body day we'll get the scapulars moving get everything moving fine do like a, a long warm-up i've been last year i did some coaching with matt wenning the last quarter do you know who matt Wenning is uh, i've heard of him yeah powerlifter <laughs> right yeah he's a powerlifter he's got world records in benching and squatting and i think a total world record he's trying at west side anyway he does these high rep warm up so our warm-up literally is four sets of 25 you do dumbbell bench lat pull down triceps and you, you smoke the first time you do that you smoke for the actual workout but yeah. i've been doing it for four months now what i'm noticing all my weaker areas like my lats my tries, you know all the postural muscles they're getting stronger and i'm starting to be able to lift heavier from that so our warm-ups have significantly changed from there we'll do like power stuff after that and then we start the lifting so probably spending 20 minutes of like active uh i suppose hypertrophy based weakness training warm ups before no, you a, even get under the bar before we before we start lifting dude i love that too because
0: um i've been honestly it's funny cuz i know west side did a little bit of that and then obviously john russell kind of started doing a little bit of that and i i was always doing a little bit but i started kind of actually taking that to the extreme pretty recently as well um and and i was with this dude um he was doing like a youtube video thing and he wants to like train with all these different people like he trained with a a guy he did like a soul cycle and then he wanted to hit up me and we went and trained he did my programming and by the time we got to squats he was like are you fucking kidding me dude like we've already done like lunges and hamstring curls for like two different variations we dragged the sled like all this different stuff and i'm like yeah man now we're ready like we're yeah. amped up there's blood flow our joints feel better and then we got to it so i actually
1: it's nice hearing somebody of your level like saying the exact same thing yeah we've done that for years man years and it works Whether it's just like sets of kettlebell swings, like practicality, right? If you don't have a lot of time, hit three or four sets of kettlebell swings for 15 and some core work before you start squatting, hammies, glutes, core's all fired up. So then you're ready to go. Um, But yeah, we we do that all the time. And then we start our main lift, whether it's say like I don't a bench, that might be a bench, might be a max out effort, like a three rep max or a variation, might be a floor press or it doesn't, you know changes each week but we'll hit the main list hard we'll do a back offset and then we'll generally just do accessory work and conditioning and that's how we sort of roll dope so so
0: how do you how do you balance uh enough variety and too much because there's a lot of people who like like we call them like program hoppers right like every week you're doing a different thing and and there's a lot of bad talk on that but then there's people who like you who are It from my perspective, I understand because it sounds like okay, it's bench day, but really that's a movement pattern. It's not an exercise, right? So you're changing the exercise from a variation standpoint. Now, how like and you're seeing progress every single week. So how how much is
1: too much variety in your training? If you are, it depends what equipment you have. First and foremost, we have a lot of equipment. Like my gyms packed full of different bars and different chains, bands, all that sort of stuff. Like it's very much, it's pretty much like a Westside barbell setup, you know, with all the gear that we have. So we're able to say on bench day, the idea is to get stronger in your upper body. It's not to get better at bench press. Like I honestly, we use them as the testers, but I don't give a fuck if the bench doesn't affect anybody. If the bench is good, right? Right. So if their shoulders are bad, we're using a variation that suits that person. If, if, you know, but gives them the same strength stimulus, if their shoulders are strong and we need to build pecs up or whatever, I'll use a bent bent bar so they can get more peck in and it gets that same strength stimulus, right? So as long as we're looking at it from the point of your body's getting stronger in that pattern, you're winning. If you're doing it and we're like injury free, that's the main goal. That that's the first sort of step. Okay. So I might have done
0: I, I might not have done floor press in six weeks, but if my floor press is better this time,
1: we're good. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that's that's perfect, right? But your tries getting stronger. If you haven't done floor press, right, say you've been benching for six weeks and you know and you want something different hit floor press but understand why you're doing it like we'll do floor press because i want to overload the triceps like that's the purpose of it it's not like oh we're going to do this bar this week this bar this week this bar this week just for fun we're like okay you're weak in this position we are changing it for this reason like we're going to add chains on because your lockout sucks i don't tell them that all the time but it's like on the bench like say for you right you might fast off your chest but struggle to lock out heavy weight so you're doing floor press chains on the bench or like board press type stuff for say three weeks and that's the variation to get your tries up to help your bench press does that make sense yeah that's absolutely kind of it's sort of in the, the weak point holes in those weak point areas with smart exercises so do you
0: do you program like when you look at your program um you block it out in 4 weeks and it's just upper body horizontal push and then you assess each individual that walks in front of you like all right where's your weak point cool we're going to do this this week and then next week you do the exact same thing or next week
1: you do another variation that's going to work on their their uh weak point it depends the the more advanced guys i can change week to week we can change okay. bars we can change um uh you know whether it's chains or bands or whatever we can change that week to week the people like a new person i'd say 3 weeks you do the same thing for 3 weeks and then you'd either have a deload or switch bars um, or switch, switch variations. And, it, again, like it really does depend on the sports and stuff. Like Jack, say, my fighter, right, another night was on bench and he had uh, two chains each side and a, straight, uh, and a straight bar, and he's just punching them out, right, doing speed work. So he did 10 sets of three for speed day. Where I had another guy who's a jiu-jitsu fighter do 10 sets of five with a little bit more weight, and the focus was strength, like with volume-based strength. And then I had a guy next to him doing a three-rep max on, you know, like a straight bar or an axle bar, like a fat bar or something for the power lifter. So it's sort of like I'm training guys in groups together, but I just have to change it a little bit. They're still doing the same movement, but based on what their, their need is, I suppose yeah um but you know for anybody listening right like if you're hopping programs and you're going like higher rep dumbbells this week crossfit the next week and fucking a bodybuilding split the next week you're not going to get anywhere you need to stick with the same process and the same concept and just keep growing
0: right so for somebody who is like somebody's trying to build just general strength and size you have them doing one day let's say four sets of eight one day six by three heavy not speed work that stays the same for four weeks, but the, the modality you're using changes yes. week to week. Okay, cool. Um, and, and have you found better results from those advanced guys changing it every week like that or, or not? Or is, that, is it more of a thing like it doesn't really matter? It's just, it just keeps it fun, keeps
1: it interesting? Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Like if you're pushing, uh, I don't know like how familiar you are with West Side Barbell, but strength, strength. So we'll have like the max effort day and then the speed-based or repetition-based day. So with the max effort day, the idea is to strain and grind. And then, you know, after that, we're attacking all the weak areas, building the muscles and all that sort of stuff. But that say that main set, whether it's a five or a three or, you know, three sets of three, whatever it is for that day, the idea of that is just to get your nervous system stronger and just learn how to push that's it. And then after that, you're hitting all your, you know, your back muscles and I suppose more accessory
0: work and unilateral (laughs) and all that stuff tries. Yep. Yeah. I love it, dude. Cause a lot of people, I've actually had this question. I don't know how many times, like, Hey, I heard you on the podcast talking about like programming by movement patterns. Like I don't get that. Cause they're so used to like, Oh, it's, it's you're training, your chest, you're training your shoulders, your delts. And I'm like, no, we're it's movements. Right. And I think that's the key. And with accessory work, it does get into some muscle groups. Cause like you said, if you have weak triceps, well, I'm not going to call it the extension movement. I'm going to call it a tricep work, right? Um, yeah. But I think your building blocks need to
1: be the movements, right? 100%. I, I look at it as movement. I just don't explain it like that because it doesn't make sense to people. I'll say bench day, but we might be doing an overhead press on bench day. Like it's, it's just that pressing movement, whatever it is. Same with your legs, right? I'm not doing a quad day and a hamstring day. I'm doing fucking heavy as I can with something right. or speed with something, right? It doesn't matter if it's a squat or dead. You're going to get faster. You're going to get stronger um and i think a lot of people overthink it and that's where they a lot of those people that do overthink it they train just their chest they're the ones with the shoulder impingements they're the ones with the bad their bicep tendons and they're the injured ones they train the same the, the same muscles too much so how do you apply this to fat loss clients because I see a lot of people who think that fat
0: loss needs to be a different realm. And all program for somebody, and they're like, "I'm confused. I want fat loss." And I'm like, "I know. We're going to get stronger. <laughs> like it's, yeah. it's, and we're going to dial in your nutrition." So how do you how do you uh, program out something for fat loss? Is it literally the same breakdown? Yeah,
1: hundred percent, hundred percent. If somebody like again, you know, some variable sometimes like if they're really obese, you need to change. You know, they might be like doing a box high, high box squat just because of their mobility. But the concepts are the same. You want to get them strong. You want to build the muscles that are weak, so their posture and stuff will improve. And then, you know, if they want a little bit of extra cardio, hit the sled five more times. You know, it's 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 really it does come down to nutrition, and it does come down to just consistently working away at it. Like, it's all the same, man. Your body. And this is probably going to underwhelm a lot of people. Me saying this on the, like listening to this, dude, it's started. perfect. It's perfect because people, like you said, overcomplicate the shit out of everything. Like
0: the best – when I started seeing like extremely good results in my body was when I simplified everything. I remember doing – the big aha moment for me was – it was literally probably six years ago. Christian Thibodeau put a program on T-Nation and it was called uh, Built for Bad I think it was. And Do you remember that? Yeah. No, yeah. no, no 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 well there was a couple i mean all almost all of his programs but it was the one where like you literally train five days a week and you do some form of deadlift it was a deadlift a press uh overhead press a pull down and some kind of row so yes. you do like the the five main movements i'm doing a heavy deadlift every day i'm doing a heavy bench variation a heavy overhead press uh heavy pull down so chin up some kind and a heavier horizontal row the simplest program ever. And I got way stronger and way bigger than I ever had before when I was doing all these crazy bodybuilding splits. And that's when it clicked for me. And I was like, okay, there's something to like simplifying and all the greats, like, I mean, Joe DeFranco, Westside, AJ Roberts, uh, John Russ, and even like all these guys, they all simplify it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And and it is underwhelming. That's the, that's the worst part. Like when people ask me, like I'm, I'm talking, like I'll talk to a normal member right now rather than a trainer, because there's a lot of people that would just be listening to this for health and fitness knowledge, Right, like if you just lift heavy in those movement patterns, you'll get better over time. It's just you don't want to ever get stuck in the same boring routine because that's where people drop out. So if you can change, like if I can change a variable by putting the chain on and that's exciting to somebody and that makes them buy into it, awesome. You know, it keeps them coming back to the gym. That's where you get the gains. It's just progressively chipping away at it over time.
0: Consistency is everything. Consistency. So what, I mean, and you don't do anything different from a cardio nutrition anything standpoint for some of those guys who want because I think you have like a couple of physique guys there too but there's some guys who I don't think are competitive athletes that are like shredded at your gym like are you doing anything different for them
1: um, no not really some of them if somebody's training for like say they want to lose actual weight I'll suggest they get a run-in once a week whether it's an interval based run um, I'm a big I, I'm a you know ex Australian footballer so like runnings a huge thing and I'm, I'm like know a lot about running programming um, so running does work for fat loss. Running does work to drop weight. It's not 100% necessary. Yeah. But if they're doing all the right things, eating well, training all the strength, adding that one run a week does help for them to lose a little bit of weight. And it might be like if they can't run, they might be skipping or something. So a little bit of extra cardio can help, like on a standalone day. Um, that's probably the only thing I would change. Sometimes I suggest fasted walking, like going out and walking before breakfast. It doesn't matter if it's before breakfast or not, but it, it generally gives them a time that they have to do it. So they're locked in and it's um, mentally they... They get out and they go for their walk and that, that helps them lose fat as well. But a lot of the time it, it does, it just comes down to the consistency of it. Like stay fit, get strong, you know, and eat yeah. well. It's so boring, but it's it's what it is. A lot it's, of the guys that are shredded do that. They just, just run once a week, train three times, four times, strength, eat consistent, and that's it. Yeah, and
0: they've probably been at your gym for quite a while now. Yeah, four years, three years, four see, years. See, and that's... In,
1: seeing those photos like three, four, five years.
0: Well, and that's the thing is like a lot of people see Instagram people and they're like, fuck, I want to do this guy's program. And I'm like, well, he's been doing that program for six years. Like, just just know that it takes time, man. Like, it, shit doesn't happen overnight. No, it doesn't, unfortunately. Yeah, I know, right? If there was a magic trick, we would tell you. So, dude, I yeah. love it. This has been this has been super informative. I'm, I'm glad we went that strength route because I think it's refreshing... Um, especially like I just had John Russon on the show, which is a genius. And I know sometimes it can be overwhelming because he dives so deep into science. Like me and you listen to it and we're like, this is dope. Like, and I love that information, but a lot of people have to sit there and dissect it all. So this is great to know that like, it's simple, right? You can do this shit without overcomplicating it. And it's dope to hear your story about the gym and just success and, and catch up with you, man.
1: It's good to see you, man. I, uh, I, to everyone listening, I actually messaged Cody after I listened to John Russin's one. I just said, "Look, dude, we're going to do it on strength." I'm like, "We don't need to." Like, yeah. I, I'm just going to like simplify John Russin's story anyway because that's pretty much how I train. So, yeah. If anyone hasn't listened to John Russin's, that just wants strength, listen to that. I was sick.
0: I think. I think the difference would be taking the west side approach because he doesn't do the upper lower split like you do. And and it's of my opinion, um, I actually like the upper lower split a little bit better than anything else because it just allows for more recovery and allows you to go a little bit hard during those four sessions. When I'm doing five or six sessions a week, it's like, it's just grinding. You have to kind of finesse it a little bit because you can't go that heavy that often. And, and so I I prefer the upper lower split a, a lot. And I mean, shit, like dude, you guys are monsters like DeFranco. That's all he does. And look at
1: his athletes. They're insane. It was a huge influence of mine growing up. Like DeFranco's stuff was massive on me and, and Ferruji's as well. That's what,
0: Dude, I love it too because, um, I mean, for one, like I told everybody already, like I, I've known you for a while, so it's great to catch up with you. But it's cool seeing you do these things because you say that, right? And, and I'm, uh, I, I'm messaging a couple people to get on the show who my intro was like, man, like I remember years ago being like this dude, like is firing me up to try to get into fitness. And now like I'm, I'm getting you on the show. Like yeah. that's fucking crazy. So it's really cool to see that same kind of growth with you. Yeah. So you you're rifle. How old are you? 27. See, so like everybody listening would probably assume that you're a lot older than that because you own real estate, you own a very successful gym. You're a monster. You are very like, uh, I don't even know. Uh, like obviously intelligent but like eloquent dude like you do a lot of cool fucking things and we haven't even got to touch on fucking travel so that's actually the next thing i want to talk about before we do close off is like what what are like what's the number one place you've ever been or give me a top three because that's probably two our top three places you've visited and what's the okay. biggest lesson you've
1: taken away from traveling so much because you've been around the world okay so top three number one would be egypt egypt saying the pyramids like amazing if anyone ever gets a chance to go to egypt do it it's not a dangerous scary place it's a fucking amazing country um that looked that so fucking good. cool dude when i so saw those lucky. pictures oh yeah it was the best man like i was riding an atv like one of those four-wheel motorbikes around the pyramids like in the sunset like Chantal was on the back of my thing like Yeah, it was fucking sick. My beard's flopping everywhere. (laughs) It was so good. Um, So Egypt would be number one. China would be number two. Great Wall of China is an amazing thing. And the Terracotta Warriors, it's also an amazing thing. Even just China in general is really cool. Um, And number three, like, I always end up back in Thailand. Like, I've done, like, Europe and Greece, all those places. But Thailand's amazing. Like, I spent um, over Christmas and New Year's in that Muay Thai camp, like you were saying before. Um, If anyone ever interested in martial arts, go to a Muay Thai camp, right? You don't even need to be good. It's just they just train you and, you know, Thailand's just an amazing place, amazing culture, amazing people. What it, what it teaches me, every time I go to any country, usually those countries that I go to are less well off than Australia, right? So you can go to, like, Asia and you can see people with absolutely nothing living in a shack and they're the happiest people in the world. And that puts everything into perspective like, you know, that bill that I have to pay because I fucking made too much money so I have to pay tax. And that you know that's not an issue anymore yeah. because this person doesn't have a house uh, it just puts perspective on things and i think the biggest thing that i uh i suppose i tell people when they're saying i'm thinking about traveling i'm like whatever money you spend on traveling it's it's a massive investment in yourself like you're not gonna like get any experience from spending it on a you know a nice dress or a new car or anything like that but if you go traveling you've got that stuff forever and it actually changes the way you perceive the world so i think uh if anybody on here is listening and, and thinking about traveling and they just haven't pulled the trigger, just book that trip, book the flight because it's never as expensive as you think it will be and it's always more fun than you would think it would be. So I hope Dude, that, that makes a bit of sense there.
0: That makes a lot of sense. I think it's huge. And, and you have always been a big inspiration for me to go travel. And, and I haven't done as much as I would like to out of the country, but we have, like, we have Barbados booked, which we were supposed to already go. So we were going to do a different one this year, but then we found out she was pregnant. So we had to delay that. Um, but like that was a big thing. It's like I remember hearing all these places you've been, I was like, dude, we just gotta book it, like fuck it, like we'll figure it out later. Like, let's just go. We did the same thing with New York. I was like, I'm just gonna book it, fuck it, like let's go. And and like you said, I was like, that's actually not that expensive.
1: Way cheaper yeah, than like, think. And New York, um like America is a place, it's a big place, right? So it takes a long time to get across, but the culture change isn't that different. Like, yes, New York people are gonna be different to Seattle and yeah. LA is to be different, but go like Fuck, go to Vietnam. Like, when I was in Vietnam, I was on an island and they we ate a freshly killed king cobra and then watched roosters fight because they were gambling on like chicken fights, right? Like, that sort of shit. You just sit on this (laughs) island, getting sunburnt, drinking drinking beer, watching eating snake, watching roosters fight. I'm like, what the fuck? You don't, you don't see that in Australia or America. It's It's a
0: different world, dude. Like, 100%. So, that's what's out there. Yeah, exactly. And I do agree, like everybody needs to uh, experience that at some point. So, um, well, the last couple of people were prepared for this question. So, let's see if you listened and you thought about who you'd be sitting next to. But you're on a flight, it's a really long flight. Let's say you're coming to visit me here in Seattle. You're in the middle seat and you got two empty seats next to you. Who is sitting next to you, dead or alive? It just cannot be friends or family.
1: Yeah, so I have thought about this and I've forgotten which number, which was my number one, but uh, which is, (laughs) it's annoying right now. I seen you about yesterday. Bruce Lee would definitely be one. Oh yeah. Bruce Lee, uh for his not for his martial arts, for his philosophies and just thinking way of thinking in life. The second one would be George Saint Pierre. Oh. George Saint Pierre is like, he it was up between him and Arnold Schwarzenegger. I've got Arnold's first movie tattooed on my foot and I love him, but I'm I'm gonna go with George because one, George is a perfectionist in everything he does, and he's an amazing, amazing athlete, but also you can tell that would like, reflect in his life. So I'd just love to pick their brains on how they operate and how they think just because they're so well-rounded as humans. Yeah, dude, that would be a great and, – and honestly, those
0: two people together would bring on a, a an interesting conversation, just listening to them two
1: talk. It be crazy, and not even about martial arts. I'm not interested yeah. in martial arts. Like, imagine what they would say about like how they pick apart stuff, how they, how they think about – you know, anything. It's amazing. hundred percent, dude. I thought dude. about this for about half an hour yesterday, my thinking <laughs>
0: time. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, dude. Dude, thank you for coming on the show, man. I had a blast talking to you. Uh, we're going to have to do it again because I think we could keep going for days and days on this. But uh, real quick, where can everybody find your stuff, social media,
1: website and all that? Yeah, so I'm on Facebook, just under Matt Prince. Uh, Instagram's matty.prince. Um, if anyone's interested in the gym sort of side of things, you can check out Royal Fitness Backus Marsh. Um, website, I got mattyprince.com, but I don't, I've got blogs and stuff up there for some old content but this, this hasn't been updated lately but Instagram's probably my best one and Facebook definitely go follow him because he's an interesting guy man thanks again for coming on the show no worries thank you my man
0: uh- that is a wrap thank you so much for tuning in thank you so much for listening i hope you guys enjoyed the show and i hope you guys took a lot away i do want to give a quick shout out to two different things first and foremost it is my program functional muscle that just dropped already people are jumping in the group and saying such amazing things and i would love to have more people participating in this program around the world so if you want a revolutionary training program that's going to help you build muscle burn fat get stronger, and feel better joint by joint, you can get a link to that in the description. The second piece of this, nothing is complete without nutrition. I'm a huge fan of nutrition. That's why the predominance of my business is nutrition coaching. And you guys know this, So if you want a combination of a badass training program that's going to build your body and a smart nutrition plan that's going to educate you on how to eat along with that training program, I have another book called The Nutrition Hierarchy, The All-Inclusive Guide to Mastering Your Diet. It's going to teach you how to diet long term so it's no longer a diet. It's a nutrition plan. It's a way of eating. You can get that book in the description as well so that is functional muscle and the nutrition hierarchy that can be combined together to create the ultimate physique and the most badass performance that you can possibly have all right guys thanks again and i will catch you next time